Good morning. Hey, welcome to everybody here. Welcome to everybody online. I'll just remind uh, everybody, we've got such a great diverse group of people that join us for worship every Sunday. And we think about everybody online and some comments we get on YouTube or emails sometimes they, they send in. Uh, people from all different faith backgrounds, no faith background. And so I just want to remind you that we're in this series in September. We're talking about, well, if you've been to church for a long time, you've heard it called stewardship. And if you don't know what that word means, then don't worry about it because there's a lot of baggage with that. But uh, God is the giver of all good things. Everything that we have comes from his open and gracious hand. The time, very valuable, limited resource. Uh, each and every morning we wake up as mercies are new, the new day before us. Uh, the love that we share with each other it originates from God. God is love. He loves us, and we reflect that love into our families and our friends, our church family, our neighbors, coworkers. And yeah, money too. So I know that's the awkward thing that uh, sometimes pastors don't do a good job with. Uh, sometimes, we'll just call them TV preachers, right? Do a terrible job uh, with. Uh, but that's not a reason for us to not talk about all of the good gifts that God's given us and how we are stewards of them. So, the series is called Multiply. And if we're just going to talk about just our finances just for a second, I just want to ask you some questions. Have, how many of you have ever experienced addition when it comes to your finances? You experienced addition? Not many. A few. Okay, good. You got a raise, got a bonus. How many of you ever uh, experienced subtraction with your finances? Yeah, that's all happened to us too. How about this? How about division? When does that happen? Well, it's going to happen to all of us when we die. You know that, right? Everything that we own is going to be divided up and given away. Uh, that doesn't apply to anybody in the room that I can see. But uh, divorce it gets divided. Sometimes when kids or grandkids maybe leave the house, leave for college, get a job, you divide up maybe something you've saved for them. Well, how many of you would not have a problem with God multiplying your finances? Would that be okay with you? Yeah, that'd be all right with me too. Well, we're going to talk about two principles today, two principles of multiplication. When we get this, we get this in our, in our minds, put this into practice, right? it will do so much to grow our faith more than maybe anything that we could possibly do. So, gospel reading. Ben, thank you so much for reading through the gospel this morning. It's in Luke chapter 9. It's one of the most famous stories. Uh, you can probably ask just about anybody on the street, have you ever heard of Jesus feeding the 5,000? Yeah, I've heard of that. Now, if you note, it says 5,000 men, which is interesting. So there are probably more people than that. Well, first of all, it's not necessarily a chauvinistic thing or some Old Testament thing. We talk about men. Basically, it's just their uh, figures of speech, the way they talk. So they would say there's 5,000 households there that day. Men of the head of the household kind of thing. So whatever, 5,000 households. So that means there's probably women, children. It could be 10,000 people there, 15,000 people, maybe as many as 20,000 people there for this miracle. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Well, when I read through 
scriptures. If I'm having a devotion, certainly when I'm preparing for a message like this, I like to imagine myself in the story. And I want to help you learn how to do that today. So I want you to use your holy imaginations. I want you to pretend that you're in the story. And you're not just one of the people in the crowd. You're one of the disciples, right? You're one of the 12 disciples. Now, you have been following Jesus now for a little while, and you're pretty excited about the whole thing. I mean, he's, he's walked on water. Whoa. I mean, he's done miracles. healed people right in front of your eyes. And you're starting to think that maybe, maybe this guy really is the Messiah that we've all been waiting for. So, before church, you send out this email blast to everybody in your contact list. You, you post it public on Facebook and Instagram. Come here, this great teacher, probably the Messiah. And it works. Almost 20,000 people show up. This is the biggest event you guys have ever been to, certainly the biggest church event you've ever had. And you open up the service, you got Nick up here with the worship music, getting everybody praising the Lord, and then you come and you introduce Jesus, our guest preacher this morning, guest Messiah, here to share the word with you. Now let's, you know, say it's uh, like about right now, so he gets up to speak, it's about 11 a.m., right? Well, 12 o'clock comes around, Jesus is still preaching. He's going a little over than what we had told everybody. One o'clock, still preaching. Two o'clock, still preaching. Three o'clock, still preaching. Now I've already missed the first football game. What's going on? Four o'clock, he's still preaching. What's going on? Now I'm not exaggerating. Let's read verse 12 again. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, hey, send the crowds away so they can go back into the villages. Now, I don't know if you know what this means in the Greek, but in the Greek, that means late in the afternoon. <laughs> okay? It's late. He just keeps going on and on and on. The people are standing there. And the disciples, I'm sure, are just scratching their heads. Hey, this guy's good, but he's not that good. Man, he keeps going on and like this. No, look at all these people. They're not coming back next week. Are you kidding? And then one of them says, oh, I forgot to set my DVR. I missed it. And then finally, uh, one of them. It's probably Peter, because, you know, that's how he is. He goes, oh, man, I'm starving to death. And another disciple says, ah, that's it. What's it? That's it. We'll tell Jesus that the people are hungry. Jesus, he cares about the people. He probably didn't care about us very much, but he really cares about the people. We'll go tell him that the people are hungry, and they need to dismiss the service so they can all go back before the restaurants close in town, get home, get a good meal. Now, if you're one of the disciples, you're upset about all this, what you probably did is form a committee, because that's what we do when we get upset. We get a group of people around us, you know, we kind of get all fired up about, uh, complain about this, complain about that. Well, I got bad news for you. In the story today, you're elected spokesperson for the committee, okay? So you're the spokesperson, you get elected, you get voluntold to, to go tell Jesus people are hungry. So that's what they did. They went to Jesus, and uh, they said, hey, let them go find some food. Uh, it's, we're in a remote place. You know, they're starving to death. And, uh, and Jesus says, oh, so you're concerned about the people? Yes, Jesus. It's, it's really all about the people. 
we could listen to you all night. This is really good. We're really enjoying this. I mean, this sermon series all in one day, wow, this is great. Um, but the people, really, it's the pe- they're hungry. Oh, I see. The, the, the people are hungry. And I don't know if you noticed this, but look how Jesus replied. You give them something to eat. What? what? Wait. Uh, yeah, you're concerned about the, yeah, and they're hungry. Yeah, okay, well, give them something to eat. Now, you have to go back and report to the committee. That's the fun part. So you go back to the disciples, and they're all excited. Did you talk to Jesus? Yeah, I talked to him. Did, did you tell them the people were hungry? Yeah, I told them the people were hungry. What did he say? <laughs> he said for us to give them something to eat. What? There must be like 20,000 people here today. How in the world are we going to give them something to eat? And just about that time, some kid that had snuck off earlier in the day back in the town, he's walking back down the road with his uh, Captain D's sack, or Long John Silver sack, right? And one of the, you say, hey, stop that kid. Come here. Give me that. You open up his sack. He's got two fish and five rolls. Kid got extra rolls. Like my kid, who always gets extra rolls. And Peter says, well, that's not enough to feed everybody. And the disciples said, that's it. He said, what's it? That's what we'll tell Jesus. We'll tell Jesus we don't have enough food, and then he'll dismiss the service, and we can all go home. You're the spokesperson. You gotta go up and imagine it. Jesus is up on the platform. He's teaching. Everybody's listening and throng. You walk back up. Teacher, excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me, teacher. <laughs> Hi, it's me again. You know how we had just had that conversation about uh, it's getting late, the people are hungry. Uh, you told us to give them something. We've been working on that. But here's the thing. All we got are two fish and five, well, four and a half loaves. Peter ate a piece. I couldn't stop him. You know how Peter is. That's all we got. We got two fish and five loaves. We just don't have enough for, the, for everybody. And so Jesus said, oh, okay, so you're telling me that all you have are two fish and five loaves of bread. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Jesus said, well, that'll do. Just have everybody sit down in uh, Groups of 50 out here, on the, out here on the grass. Now, have you ever thought about this part of it? Uh, have you ever worked with people before? They don't just do what you ask them to do. 20,000 people? You're going to get them to sit down in groups of 50? Without asking you questions or debating you? or <clears throat> You're the spokesperson, remember. Uh, can I have your attention, please, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, the teachers asked that uh, if you could all please uh, sit down in groups of 50. Whoa, what's going on? Are you going to feed us? Hey, yeah, send me one of those rolls, Pete. No, uh, please, quiet, shh, everybody. If you could just all sit down in groups of 50. Now, here's the amazing thing. is that At this point, I think the disciples got it. I think they knew what was going to happen but they still got it wrong. I think at this point, when Jesus tells them to sit down in groups of 50, the disciples, some light bulb goes off and they go, wait a second. Do you remember that story in the Old Testament? Of course, they wouldn't use the Old Testament. They said, do you remember that story in the scriptures? Elijah, he, he prayed over 12 loaves of bread and he was able to feed 100 men. We've got somebody greater than Elijah here. 
this is going to be a good one. <laughs> He's going to pray over the spread and these two fish, and it's just going to multiply right in front of our eyes. It's just going to grow right in front of us. Yeah, yeah, that is what's going to This is going to be great. Peter grabs, give me one of those rolls. Goes up to Jesus, here, pray over mine first. John, watch this, just watch. Jesus, pray over mine first. But that's not exactly what happened. You see, what they think was going to happen is what we think happened, but it's not actually what happened. Did you get all that? Look at this in verse 16. This is how it went down. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them back to the disciples to distribute. You see, Jesus took the bread, he took the fish, he offered it up to the Lord, he gave thanks to the Lord for the gifts, he asked God to bless these gifts, and he turned around and he gave the gifts right back to the disciples. Now, a lot of this, we're filling gaps, we don't know exactly what happened, but again, holy imagination. Five loaves, you break them in half, that's ten pieces of bread. There's two fish. That's the 12 disciples. They all got something to hand out. So I can imagine Peter gets his half a loaf of bread, and he starts going down his row of 50, and he starts off, take, take just a little piece, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, just a little piece, please. Uh, and then kind of looking back at Jesus, and is like, um, do you need to pray over my bread again? <laughs> no, no, Peter. It, it's, it's blessed. Now, now give it away. Okay. <laughs> All right, take a little piece, please. Just a, a little piece, I said. Don't be a pig. You gotta get, and he gets down to the very last guy in his row. There's just that one piece left. And before the guy takes it, it grows in his hand. Now, it was either in his hand, maybe it was in the basket as he pulled it out. But here's what I know for an absolute fact, and this is what you've got to leave here today knowing. What really happened that day is the miracle. It didn't happen in the master's hands, right? It happened in the disciples' hands. It was blessed and they gave it away. And that faithfulness, God produced this miracle for his people through his disciples. So I want to talk about two principles of multiplication. And the first one is that it must be blessed before it can multiply. It must be blessed before it can be multiplied. So what if the disciples, and you're one of them, what if you had uh, gotten the bread and the fish from the kid's sack lunch and you just turned around and started handing it out to the people? It wouldn't have multiplied, right? would not have multiplied. It had to be blessed first. That's what we talked about last week. It's a whole sermon you can find online on our uh, app, on the website, all that stuff. But the big point last week was when you give God your first, then the rest is blessed. Here we are. It's the first day of the week. We give God the first of our week and the rest is blessed. We give God the first of our day. And if you don't do that yet, I really encourage you to start small, like five minutes a day in God's Word. Get up in the morning, start your day, give your first to God. 
And I'm telling you, the rest of your day is blessed. And yeah, I don't make any apologies. It works for finances too. When we give God our first, right, the rest is absolutely blessed. And we want it to be blessed so that it will multiply. Because how exciting is that to see it multiply in people's lives around us? Yeah, that's, that'll be exciting. The second principle of multiplication, it must be given away to multiply. Now, what if the disciples had taken the loaves and the fish to Jesus and Jesus blessed them and gave them back to the disciples, but then the disciples just ate them? It wouldn't have multiplied, right? It must be given away in order to be multiplied. And this is a principle that is throughout Scripture. The tighter we hold on to anything, right, the more will slip through our fingers. When you have an open and gracious hand like our Heavenly Father, more is poured into it. Love, time, money, it applies to all of the things God entrusts to us. Uh, I could go a hundred of examples through Scripture, and we'd be here till three or four in the afternoon, and somebody would be complaining about being hungry, so we won't do that. I'll just give you one example from the Old Testament, another example from the Scripture that we're talking about, and that's in, uh, this is in 1 Kings 17, 1 Kings chapter 17. You can go home if you want to read the chapter, uh, but essentially the short version is Elijah, great prophet of God, great miracles, great uh, preaching. Uh, he comes to a little town of Zarephath, and there's been a famine in the land. Uh, drought, long drought, long famine. And he uh, comes across a widow who's out in, out in the town, maybe. And he asks her for some water. So she goes to the well, gets him some water. Thank you very much. And then he asks the widow, could you go home and maybe cook me a meal, bake me a loaf of bread? and bring it back so I can eat it. And the widow was downcast. And I said, well, what's, what is wrong? And she said, well, the drought, the famine. She goes, I'm actually gathering some firewood right now, and I'm going home, and we've got just enough flour in the jar and just enough oil in the flask for one more meal. And we're going to, me and my son, we're going to eat that last meal, and we're going to die. And Elijah said, well, I'll tell you what. Go home, use the flour and the oil, make the bread, bring it to me, and God will, my word, not his, multiply the flour and the oil in your jars and flasks, and you will never run out. And in verse 17, the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry for days and weeks and months and years. She had a constant fluid supply. It always multiplied because she gave. Now, I've talked about money and other things, but obviously the greatest gift that we have is love, the great love that God has for us. So many verses there, but I love this verse in Psalm 107. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love endures forever. It lasts forever. It never runs 
out. You cannot exhaust the supply of God's love. Now, this is seen in history where Jesus is hanging on a cross. For God so loved every single one of you that God gave. Right? He didn't take. He didn't hoard. He gave. Love gives. That's love in action. And God gave us his first and his best, his only begotten son, to take away our sins, to make us right with God, to prepare a heavenly home for each and every one of us and our loved ones. I mean, this is exciting stuff. The love that we receive from God, we give away freely, never worrying that, oh, well, I don't want to love this kid too much. I may not have enough love for that one. No, it's silly. Although some parents do have favorites, but um, not me. <laughs> but if I did, okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, we never run out of love, right? And, and it's the same for, for every good gift that, that God gives to us. Now let's look at just the last verse here in Luke 9 as we wrap up. Verse 17, <clears throat> end of the meal. They all ate and were satisfied, right? They, they were full. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces for leftover. And this, this, is always, this is also one of those things I just kind of wonder about. It's not a big deal, but I just kind of wonder. I'm like, why did God do that? I mean, he knew exactly how many people were there. Well, what's with the 12 baskets of leftovers? But then I think, speculating, maybe God wanted each disciple to have a doggy bag to take home. You know? But the lesson is still there, right? The miracle happens in the disciples' hands. As we're faithful with what he gives to us. And this is why I don't shy away from talking about money. Because it's maybe one of the more visible, practical uh, means, gifts that God gives to us. Where we do show our faithfulness. And and one of the most impactful ways that our faith grows. We put God first, and we give to who God leads us to give to. We will see the same miracles happen in our hands. God wants to do miracles in your hands still today. It is faithfulness to God, and there's, again, hardly anything else on this earth that will build and strengthen your faith when you see God working through you. And one of the greatest examples I love is, uh, it's so simple. Uh, we, we partner our church with uh, Barrio Nuevo. Uh, it's a mission in uh, the city of Phoenix, South Phoenix. And we'll go, we'll take a group, group of families. Uh, we'll go down there and spend two or three hours right? Two or three hours of my weekend, a Saturday morning, a Sunday afternoon, tiny bit of time. When we say goodbye to the grandmother, the widow, it is so impactful. They're crying as you give them hugs because so many people care and love them. If they had never met before, had no idea we're around. Who knows what else is going on in their life, the struggles that they have. 
But to be able to see people who love and care for them that much, to come in person and be with them and do something tangible, paint the house, clean up the yard, whatever it is, small things. God multiplies the impact of those things in the hearts of the people around us way beyond anything we could ever do on our own. And I'm telling you, it's more than we could even imagine. We really know the impact that God has on us. It's an incredible experience. So if you're in person, if you're online, wherever you are in your walk with God, if you've been walking with God for a long time, if you're just curious about faith and what's going on with these Christian people, why they're so weird, I don't know. But I would just encourage all of you to take one of those two steps. First, pray to God. God, what are you saying to me in this message today? What is your word for me, for my life, for my walk with you, where we are together right now, Lord? For some people, I think it's going to be giving our first, right? Just making sure that the first day of our week, the first minutes of our day, the first of our income, wealth, whatever, is given to God so the rest will be blessed. Take that first step if that's where you're at and watch how incredible your, your walk with God is going to be. Some of you are at that place, but maybe God is asking you to be generous. You give your first to God, now give away more wherever God points to you to give. Not what I'm, it's not about the money for me. It's about your walk with God. And this is the greatest thing that can build, build our faith and, and to see God working real, doing things through us in our lives. So I just, just I guess if I was another uh, another kind of church, maybe we'd we'd like challenge you and do this, right? But really, just as your pastor, I just encourage you to to try some of these things, uh, to experience God in in these really powerful ways that are available to everybody. The miracles don't just happen to Jesus. Miracles happen in each end of our lives. It's it's a wonderful thing to see. All right, let me pray with you, and then we're going to experience another miracle here today an incredible multiplication of the body and blood of Jesus Christ given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. It never runs out. (laughs) Incredible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, merciful Lord, uh, we thank you for this day that we get to gather together in your house. Thank you for the freedoms that we have in this country. Uh, We pray that you will preserve the freedoms that we uh, so enjoy and maybe have too long taken for granted in our nation. We ask for your wisdom, we ask for your protection, and we ask for the strengthening of our faith that will come through us putting our faith into action and watching you, witnessing you uh, work in our lives and the lives of the people that we love. Uh, For these things, Lord, for all the blessings that you have in store for us, we give you thanks, and uh, we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.